Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name's Panos and today we're going to be talking about letting things marinate. So what does that mean? I'll give you an example and then I'll tell you what I mean. So just the other day when I've been working on teaching Nookie, my little Maltese Pom, to run around me, my initial command was to say around and she literally did one loop around me. As soon as she got back from in front of me, she ran around my right hand side and as soon as she got to my left hand side, I would mark and throw the ball. Now I want to be able to say around and I want to run, run around twice with only one command. Usually I have to say it twice. So I was practicing that maybe about two and a half weeks ago. I've been just focusing on that along with a couple of other basic commands for our daily training session and her reward is for the ball. Then I had about a week of not asking her to do it. And to be honest, she wasn't doing it really smoothly when I the last rep that I ever did with her wasn't really that fluent when I let it be one week later and I asked her to around she ran around twice perfectly with good motivation with good drive and clarity it looked like she knew what I had to do and I wasn't giving her any help with my with my gestures or anything because normally if I would wave my right hand to the side of my body that would be the, the, the cue for her to run around and it got me thinking that I've been noticing that with a lot of dogs for a while, but especially with Chili, when I do give it about a week, sometimes a week and a half of a break, I do get a better performance because I think letting it marinate, letting it process, I think along with, I'm sure there's a whole lot of other complicated processes that are happening and I'm sure there's people that probably know what that is, but I don't know the technical term, but I know the feel for it. It's it's almost like how I feel if I was consistently going to the gym and like doing some basic workout. And if I took maybe about a week and a half off, I feel stronger, I look more fuller, and I feel like I feel more power in my body because I let it rest and let it, you know, kind of marinate within itself, right? I think there's a lot of conditioning that's going on. I think letting your body rest allows it to become stronger. Obviously, that's where the building of muscle comes from is is the the resting where when you're working out you're tearing and I think that's what happens psychologically when you're learning a skill if you're putting yourself under a lot of pressure there's a lot of stress there's a lot of eustress going on but you can kind of dip into a bit of distress where if you have a bit of a break and then come back to it a couple of days later a week later I feel that that I think it's also probably got to do with how myelin works so myelin is the it's called myelin sheath it is what wraps around your nervous system. So the nerves and nerves that go through your body that connect to neurons, the installation that's covering those nerve, those like nerve fibers is the myelin sheath. And the myelin sheath is important because the more insulation there is around each, each nerve um, root or pathway, the quicker the information goes. So when you're developing a skill, the more you develop that skill, the stronger the myelin sheath is for that neuropathway. 
and um and I've just thought about this now actually talking to you guys is I think there could be something happening there where if you let something rest in terms of skill building and letting it marinate so to speak I think that that connection between brain and body becomes a lot stronger so when I say this this does not mean train your dog for three days and give it a week break I think it works the best and again, I guess it would depend on which skill you're actually trying to develop, which behavior you're trying to get better and improve on. And when I say improve, I mean for reliability, but more so for sharpness, clarity, intensity, where the dog shows with all its heart and soul, boom, this is what I'm doing. I'm in the down. I'm doing the around. Um, I saw that another example is I saw it with Chili when I was doing my weaving. So the way I teach Chili to weave in between my legs, so each time I take a step forward, I want him to weave in between, and I want him to do that until I release him, give him another command, or reward him. So how I do that is I have him on a heel position, I put my right leg forward, I tell him to touch, and my hand happens to be between my legs. He goes to touch my, my hand, I mark it, I reward him. Then I just repeat this over and over again until I can put my leg out, offer my hand without saying touch. He goes through and touches my hand. Then I offer the second one. He goes through the second foot. I'd mark and reward. Now, once I have him weaving between, like doing one rep of in through the legs and back through again, is when I start to see, I would just offer the gesture, the new gesture. So I'm not using touch anymore. The new gesture is me putting my foot forward. He comes through. So I'm not luring him, but I'm using like a bit of targeting and, and marking the right position. So then now I can say weave and he goes through. And at first, it's pretty clunky. He kind of comes up and stops and went through the other one and stop. And I wanted to get a little bit more fluency. And I also wanted to get to about six steps. So I take six steps and each step he weaves through my legs. So practicing that and working on that. And again, with Chili, I'm training him three, four, five times a day, probably at about five, seven minutes per session. And that's usually for the ball of the tug. And I even went against my rules of normally teaching a behavior with food before using the ball to reward the trained behavior. But in this circumstance, how I've done it before and how I'm comfortable with doing it, and he understands it, and I'm able to bridge one command and make it a foundation for the next one, the touch and the weave. So so we're working through it, and there's not 100% clarity through it, and then I kind of give it a bit of a rest. We still train every day, but with that command specifically i let it rest for a week and then when i asked it again probably about a week and a half or maybe a week later i asked it and went boom 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 i took three steps and he went real quick in between my legs very clear it was more at the beginning of the session where if i asked him to do the brand new command or the behavior towards the end of the session i'm not going to get the same intensity and drive so you gotta wonder when you are teaching a new command and you want to let it marinate and rest for a little bit. It's important to understand if you want more clarity, do it closer towards the beginning of the session. And sometimes it doesn't even mean doing it for the first rep. I think if you ask for the first rep, sometimes they have your dog has so much drive to do the behavior that he may do it with, with good training. He should do it very sharp and clear, of course. But sometimes you may get some like goofy behavior. So offering something simple like touch, touch, down, come, then weave or something like that. So that way you're 
you're getting your dog into the flow of it. And that's where you will start to see more of that clarity. So side note, that, that's more of a side note. But, um, but when I was doing the weaving, I, f- I got three, four repetitions as what I wanted. It was the best that I've ever seen. I just stopped asking for that command. We still continue training in terms of giving other commands, giving him a few free throws, playing some tug, all that sort of stuff. So when you're teaching a new command, teaching a new behavior, or you want to maintain a behavior and have it at another level, which I guess is teaching like a new behavior in a way, because you're increasing the criteria for that behavior. For example, with Nookie, not just one around, but I need you to run around twice. That sometimes we drill it to to the death of that behavior, where we ask it so much where they just do it with like, yeah, you're going to ask them to do that thing, and they do it very slowly. They do it very sloppy, where um, you want to make sure that your dog is understanding specifically what you want. You continue to practice it, practice it, practice it, like you're beating a dead horse. I think sometimes let it rest for a little bit and then come back. Now, if there's anyone listening to this that um, has a differing opinion or has noticed this, let me know because I'm happy to have the conversation. And if you think that I'm explaining this clunkily, because I think I am, um, that's cool because this is my thought process that I'm using you guys to mull over this idea and have the the conversation to myself and to you all. So um, so don't mind me kind of um, butchering it a little bit, but this is the feel of it. The feel of it is make sure that your dog, that you're setting your dog up for success as much as you can. I think that's the most important thing. It kind of comes into when you should give a command, when you shouldn't give a command. If your dog's really gassed out and you want to do a brand new command that you've only taught in the last couple of weeks, that may not be the right time. So that's why a lot of people don't get reliability as well is because when you're teaching new commands, sometimes people only focus on that one command. I think it's nice to mix it in within your training. Unless it's a brand new command, like brand, brand new, and you're having to like really be in the learning phase, you want to make that session all about that command. But when it comes to training the command, this is what I'm really talking about. When you're training the command, I think it's important to mix it in with the commands that your dog knows so you're not making it a very very boring and low drive activity and of course it that could be contradictory to what literally what i just said before when it came to teaching the weave but i think as you're going through the training process and you really get to know your dog and how your dog learns and knowing your dog's unique expression and way of learning then you can find your flair to it so this is again remember through the podcast I'm talking in general with not even a dog in front of me for everyone to be watching as well. So take this understanding and play around with it for a little bit because it may be contrary to what you think. Maybe you would expect me to say, you keep working that command until it's really good. Sometimes I say, maybe let the behavior marinate for a little bit before coming back to it and then continuing through your phase. And as well, very important to finish up on, is make sure that you know that there is an end goal to a behavior. What is it that you want? Like with my weaving, do I want 25 weaves? Um, I guess I would like him to be able to weave until I give him a command. So maybe my end end goal is I could do 25 weaves and he does the whole entire thing. Right now we're doing it just because we need to keep training exciting and fun. So we make sure that we're always teaching new things. Chili is my, my demo dog, so he should be able to do cool things and people are inspired by doing that. And actually yesterday in group class, we were teaching a whole range of new commands, new tricks, because a lot of people that are regularly coming 
are now wanting the next level. The next level for the demo is, you know, um, what, what, what else can we challenge ourselves with our dog? And it gives you something to be working on consistently towards a goal. So that's been um, something that's been on my mind the last month. I think I've mentioned it in the last episode. But, um, but be mindful of that and don't be too hard on your dog. Much love to you all. Thanks for listening. Until next time, have a good day. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, .com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.